0: Welcome to Leaders on the Rise, season two, Road to a Million and Beyond. I'm your host, Lydia Pierre, also known as the Corporate Socialite. In this season, we're going to be talking to some of the most successful and inspiring business leaders of our time about their journey to reaching millions in revenue. We're going to be diving into the nitty gritty of what it takes to build a successful business from finding the great idea, to executing on that idea and scaling it to the next level. We'll also be talking about the challenges and obstacles that these leaders had to overcome along the way and how they were able to overcome them. If you're an entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, then this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get inspired. Hello there, and welcome to Leaders on the Rise, Road to a Million and Beyond. And today we have a dynamic, powerful woman who is going to tell us all about her road to a million and beyond and how she was able to do it by staying her true, authentic self and doing it as a woman in her all her feminine glory. Welcome to the show, Brittany Cantor-Barb. Hey, Brittany. Oh, Lydia. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this. Me as well. I'm so excited to be able to share your story with our audience about how you're able to make it on your road to a million, how you help others do the same and how you help them to do it while empowering the beautiful feminine person that they are. I love it. (laughs) So Brittany, tell us a little bit about who you are, how you are
1: and why you are. Oh my goodness. Well, I don't know if we could cover all of that in one podcast. So I will do my best to give you the 50,000 foot version of that. But I spent 16 years in corporate America. Um, you know, switched industries constantly. I was the basic definition of a job hopper. Literally left every 12, 18 to 24 months. And what I discovered really early in my career was the corporate ladder was predominantly built by men for men to succeed because they dominated the workplace, right? They created the schedules and how everything worked. And so I tried, like most women, to climb that ladder that way. And I, to be perfectly transparent, it ended me in a very, very tra- um, challenging mental breakdown. Um, and I really took that year right after that to do my own version of Eat, Pray, and Love. And discovered that, you know, when I went back, I was going to absolutely use what made me different and set that on fire. And it was then I was able to actually 13x my own comp package in five short years. So I was like, wow, I'm on to something. So I spent the next 10 years trying to do that for other women because uh, if there was one woman that could fit in that boys club, it was me. I'm loud. I'm kind of not politically correct. I see a curse a lot. And so I wanted to try that same formula. And then I, after 10 years doing the same for other women, I realized there was proof of concept and I launched Prow Her, an executive coaching and consulting firm.
0: Wow. I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love how you're able to eat, pray, love that piece right there. Right. Because I think a lot of a lot of us, we we have that moment where we have to stop and just be like, "What am I doing?" And just come to ourselves and give us that, give ourselves that space to get to know ourselves, right? And go on that journey of self discovery. So, and that's one of my favorite movies, by the way. Eat, pray, love. So I love that you said that. That's why I was like. <laughs> but tell us, what was your journey like? What was your eat, pray, love
1: moment about? Yeah, well, I didn't have the luxury of doing it the way Julia Roberts did, unfortunately, but... No, you know, I I, I said in that for a long time. You know, I, I was diagnosed after that with you know severe anxiety uh, disorder and and all of these things. And I thought, you know, I took what most people did and I said in it. I got really angry for a while and didn't want to accept the diagnosis. Didn't want to accept that you know how weak I was, you know. And and that's before mental health really got the the facetime that it's getting today. Right? Still taboo. Don't get me wrong. We have a long way to go, but it certainly wasn't then. So I legitimately tried every Reiki healer I could find, yoga, meditation, working out incessantly, like whatever Google would return. I tried for a year Um, and basically through going through all that and what everyone else told me to do right and, and what worked for them. I discovered that the source of most of that, you know, as women, um, you know, we carry so many other things that contributed to it, but it all came back to the underlying factor that I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I really, what I call now today, reclaimed my power, not knowing it was what this, it turned out to be today and absolutely trusted my gut. So if I wanted to say something, I literally kind of treated my career as a science experiment and my personal life. I just said it right, wrong, or indifferent messed up a lot along the way. But what I discovered is every time that I didn't trust my gut, and my intuition, I was acting out of fear. And that living in a state in constant fear was really where I was.
0: Yeah. And that that in itself is the like being locked into a space of anxiety because you're afraid of what will happen. So you're kind of just always anxious on the time and, and not feeling like you can be yourself. I, I I read your bio and I know a piece of it, you talked about imposter syndrome and the experience with that. Let's talk about that because Imposter syndrome is is a, a very, huh, it's a very hmm, weird space to be in because it's like you see yourself because you're being told to see how you can be and see your potential, but then not feeling like you can live up to your own potential. Like, how 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 were you able to kind of just really work through that? And how do you how do how did you do it?
1: Oh, you know, imposter syndrome is a really touchy topic for me, um, because in the whole way that it's even titled syndrome, like when you Google syndromes, I mean, there's thousands of diagnoses, right? And I think when uh, imposter syndrome, especially for women, um, when we think of that, we think, oh, something's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. So I really try to demystify the whole term around imposter syndrome. And when it comes to the workplace, well, of course, many of us feel like an imposter because you're sitting in a room where no one looks like you, acts like you, does anything like you. So, yeah, you're going to feel like you don't belong. And so what I did is I, you know, I I looked at all of that, recognize the privilege that I had and then the times that I didn't have as much. And I was like, wait a second, who says I don't belong here? Society has taught me as a woman since birth, essentially, that I don't belong in anywhere outside of the traditional white picket fence. So I can listen to what society has told me consciously or subconsciously, or I can say, what evidence do I have to support that I don't belong here? And I think that it's much easier said than done. Don't get me wrong, but it's possible. And it's just objectively, every time you feel those thoughts creep in, what i do is i legitimately just stop and ask myself what proof do i have that this is a, actually how the life works or is this just my emotion
0: right right that's i, I love that because evidence right <laughs> um and being able to almost disprove yourself because i think a lot of people try to change your mindset instead of just because it's all programming right like the way you think and the way it's stuff that people have been putting into you and creating and so it's it's already a program and instead of Trying to fight that program, building a new program is where it's at, right? So, and just kind of it's just a matter of, like you said, just identifying you who, who you are and then finding evidence that either supports that thought or that doesn't discredit it. So just kind of shifting your mindset instead of, instead of trying to change your mind is just really a shift. So being able to see yourself in that space, then saying, Who, who can tell me, who can tell me that I don't belong here? <laughs> it's like, and what evidence do they have that I don't? You know, and then that way you just kind of start to believe your own programming. (laughs) So it's it's very interesting. So how were you able to embrace your you being a woman in those spaces with with you having to adapt this new mindset?
1: Oh, I mean, I think many of us, I think what worked for me and my authentic self um, was not holding back. Right. I mean, I very much had the look in corporate America, right? But I did not have the behaviors whatsoever. Um, I would, you know, I took up a lot of space in, in my chair, I owned my space, I said the F word a lot, right? I did all of those things, and that's who I was. And so every time that I would try to make myself fit in to a culture, I realized that, that I wasn't living my North Star. I wasn't living of who I was. Now, I'm not saying I walk, act impulsive 99% of the day, but anytime that I caught that, I realized that I wasn't for everyone and that's okay, uh, which is one more reason I job hopped on top of using my career as a, a, a science experiment almost for power, what it is today. But you have to find somewhere that that you can call home. You know, I work with so many women today and they're, they're in toxic workplaces. And when you really peel back that onion, Yeah, there's a lot of horrible things out there. But at the same time, are you forcing a, you know, a workplace, a culture to be something that it's not like I love to use like the, you know, the very classic example of, you know, women dating the bad boy growing up, and then you do everything you can to change him and then you just beat yourself up be like, yeah, but they don't want to be changed and that's okay and that's where you go find you know people that are on the same path as you eat much easier said than done right you have golden handcuffs you can't just walk out of there jerry maguire style each time you got to survive <laughs> till you get there but there is a place out there where you don't have to do that and i was able to find that quite a few times in my corporate career
0: that's interesting so talk to us about that place because that's what makes people afraid to leave what that cushy like you said that cushy comfortable space and just take that leap and believe in themselves. How are you able to, who, how are you able to kind of just that gap, that gap that you experience between the cushiness and the, the, and then doing your own thing? Where, where do you found that, find that power in that moment?
1: Yeah. Cause it, I, I call that building unshakable confidence. Right. We, we all see these folks, especially in this day and age of social media. And we see these people and we're like, oh, my gosh, they're crushing it. I wish I could be like them. I wish that I just had that momentum. And what we forget is everybody is scared to death. There's not a single one of us that just wakes up or are born with unshakable confidence, especially as women. And so, you know, how I was able to do just that is it came to I had two decisions. I could stay somewhere that wasn't filling my cup, wasn't bringing me joy, or I could take a risk. And sometimes sometimes. That risk is scarier than staying where you're at. I mean, we all know that in almost every decisions in our lives, right? Sometimes you do live where it's comfortable and that's okay, but don't stay there forever. And so that's how I was able to do that. Uh, Perfectly transparent. I, I don't have children. And so it was really easy for me to pick up and move across the country. I was fortunate enough to have a very supportive partner throughout that time as well. And so anytime that I wanted to do something, I literally just asked myself, what's the worst that it could happen? And a lot of times we catastrophize things, right? And then, and I thought, but what evidence do I have that I'm not going to not only make it, but that it could be amazing when I got there.
0: Yay, right. Back to that, that mindset, that shift. And I guess I love the evidence, like. And, and being able to, uh, the, the idea that people like to catastrophize things just for the story, I guess, behind it, or for the implication that it has to be hard, it has to be this thing so that you could tell that story when it's time, I guess. Are we trying to justify our position or our place? What What is that about?
1: I think so. I mean, we're we're talking ourselves into, right, the decisions and making us feel good about the decision that we make. And that's human, right? But a lot of times we beat ourselves up for that. And I think that's just acknowledging. And again, really objectively, like, yes, I am telling myself this is the best decision because that's what I'm most comfortable at now. But growth and comfortability, I've not experienced anything in my life that it was super comfortable during times of growth. And so I didn't want to end up at the end of my career and look back and ask, what if, right? Even if I failed a hundred times over, I wouldn't have had that regret because I would know at least I tried.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so how do, you, how do you coach women in that space? Because I know you provide executive coaching for women who are trailblazers and who are looking you know, for a better way to make it to the top. So what are some of the ways that you coach them and how do you help them to see who they are?
1: yeah I mean, it's amazing. and and then I'm so grateful to be a part of the journey because every woman has her own story. And they what a lot of people don't tell you when you go into to a business, when you're your service based like this and you help others is they actually coach me a lot more than I coach them. I feel like I learned so much from them in being part of their journey. But we all start out with my power formula for success, and that's commanding, demanding, and landing our power. And so commanding our power is that mindset that I mentioned earlier, like really reprogramming and asking each thing that we think we should do, asking what evidence do I have that that's who I really am, or is that just what society tells me I should be? So a really simple way, but just groundbreaking is every woman that comes in, I ask her, I said, I want you to map out your dream job description. We're going to write it out. What does the comp look like? What industry? What are you doing? What's the size of your team? So on and so forth. And each time, especially when I'm doing it live with her, she'll be like, she'll start to write it out, but she'll she'll be like, but I don't know if that's what, you know, am I really qualified for that? It's like, that's not where we're at today. lady. We're talking about what do you want? And every time that I just have her and she trusts her gut and we build it out and that's what we go find. She doesn't go scour the internet to see how she can fit neatly in someone else's box. And we put that out there and then we demand her power. And that's how we start saying over and over again, here's how I can provide value. Here's what I want to do in this world. So you're not just manifesting it. You're actually taking action. And ultimately, that's how she's going to land her power. And that is... Having the visibility she's always wanted, closing her own gender pay gap, building unshakable confidence because she's done it. She put herself out there and she's doing what she loves. And ultimately, that's how we're going to truly build a table that is inclusive, where half the population is at that table, not only in business, but in government and through every table that there could possibly be where power and decisions are made.
0: It's amazing. I mean, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing what you're doing and to be able to help women to be able to not only see themselves, but to be able to claim their power in that in such a dynamic way. And I like what you said about it's not just about manifesting because we, manifesting is a part of it. But being able to put action behind that and see yourself in your own story, I think is so important instead of just kind of wishing it to yourself, you know.
1: Yeah. If we could all just manifest, I mean, I'm a big believer. Obviously I've tried everything under the sun, very, very, what people woo say about everything, but I've never had anything by manifesting alone, right? That helped, but you got to take action. And that's where a lot of us get paralyzed by the fear.
0: Yeah. 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 And so having you as a coach, you can help them overcome that fear, overcome the barriers that might be in their way or the mindset that might be keeping them from getting over that hump or that obstacle. That's not even really there.
1: Yeah, most of them it's not. It's completely made up in our heads. And and it's not because we're not strong, intelligent, just badass women. It's just, it's what society told you that barrier was there. So a lot of times it is real, right? Because, and then we show how we're going to jump over it, go around it, give it the finger and do something else. Like, you know, the, the possibilities are endless, but at least that way we take back the power of decision.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of your programs that you offer and how someone can become part of those programs. So um, when when it comes to the pro- the corporate programs that increase the bottom line, what are some of those that you offer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So whenever folks come in uh, to, to our cohorts, our career accelerators, this is exactly what I described before. That's what they do. And so for for some women, it is they want to be a CEO tomorrow. For other women it is, you know what, I want to know how I can absolutely dominate in the director role that I'm at. And I want to just build, you know, much more confidence and be able to, to mentor other women. Right. Everybody's path is very different and what where they want to end up. And so no matter where they're going through, that's what we help them get to because it's their vision. It's not what everyone told them it should be. And not everybody is meant to run their own, own organization. Not everybody is meant to start their own business. Not everybody's meant to rise to the top of the organization. There's some incredibly powerful women that are happy with being a VP of operations and being behind the scenes and absolutely crushing it for businesses. Mm-hmm. So we map out exactly how she does that.
0: That's awesome. So is it kind of like really just kind of doing a blueprint of where they're going to be, where they are versus where they're trying to be, and then figuring out what that road is going to look like,
1: that journey? Absolutely. And so, it, you know, from there, it's all of the the to-dos that I learned uh, the hard way throughout my 16 years. So how she can absolutely step-by-step demand every single penny that's on that table, right, to close her own gender pay gap that we all experience and how she can walk in and absolutely dominate and how that looks like in her career.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that you are able to help them to not only because there's a there's a level of visualization that has to take place in order to see yourself in those spaces, right? So helping them to overcome that or see themselves, rather, paint that picture themselves and see what they
1: want to see. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because if I give them my vision, right, then that's my life. And that I think that's a lot of what we as society need to stop doing, right? Projecting like, this is my path. This is what success looks like for me. And really just being unapologetic about it, right? And owning that space. And again, much easier said than done. But that's how you can get there. And no one's gonna hold us back but us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I like that you say it's about taking a non-traditional path and really just embracing that because again, we're so we're so used to doing what other people want us to do and how it should look and feel and sound and all of that stuff. So really learning what that means for you is important. So how do we paint that picture? And I'm 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 being honest. It's hard. it's even still a struggle for me, right? Because even in my personal life, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. How your personal life influences your professional life, even even as a especially as a woman, right? So how how showing up in your personal life and trying to be true to that version of you, as well as the executive business boss version of you, how do you balance
1: the two? How do they come together? I love that you said that because it's all one, right? And, and so many times, a lot of the work that I do, it, it is 100% um, geared in you know, professional and career, but we always step into that personal space. It's impossible not to, right? And, and so the whole reason why so many things that exist, not the sole reason, but many of that of why is because we're not demanding what we're worth, And so, when we really think about that, we're not doing it in our personal life either. Mm. And so, I did, I'm actually in the middle of a series right now where I'm doing the power of you. And so, it's a legitimate, you know, on my podcast as well. It's legitimate on, you know, the power of you when it comes to all things that really we need as women. So, I legitimately had a sex coach on and talking about how we can harness our power as women, the power of, you know, emotion. Why it's okay to absolutely show emotion? If you think about all the people in your life that you really respect, they weren't robots, right? They, I mean, they were they were upset, they were crying, they were did all of those things. Like harnessing your power is very much full circle, and you can you can't fix everything at once, quote unquote, fix or work on everything if you want to see improvement. But it is absolutely a holistic view of what we need to absolutely dominate.
0: No, I love that because uh, because <laughs> me coming up it's in trying to be and seeing people on TV with their briefcases and their suits and seeing women. And I always aspired to be that. Right. And I had a a part in my journey where I thought that I had to be two different people. So I Mm -hmm. separated from myself to be able to be in this corporate world. So I had two personas essentially that I had to kind of walk around with. And it became so challenging after a while because it was like, trying to know when to go in and when to go out and who to be. And so eventually I was like, oh, forget this. I'm going to combine it. And who's to tell, like you said, who's going to show me that I can't? So I came up with the corporate socialite as my brand. So the corporate socialite is able to be corporate in the social world and social in the corporate world and bring them two together. So I, I really love that you take a holistic approach because I don't know if many women realize how much they separate themselves from themselves in order to show up in the workspace.
1: Oh, absolutely, and and you're right. I mean, and and I love that you shared that. I mean, when you're trying to have two alter egos, one's authentic and one's not. You know, and and people, and especially this day and age, if we can recognize anything from a mile away, it's anything that's not real, mm-hmm. and we want to see the real, the raw, the messy, and that is what will magnetize people to you. But that's also how you live as you, which is the beauty of this.
0: Yes, yes. Can we talk about magnetism a little bit? Because you touched on that word, and yeah. I- I've been working on the woman's side of me, right? I've been on my feminine journey and I realized and I've learned and I'm learning that when you start to really understand who you are, you become magnetic. You start to magnetize, right? How how does that help in the corporate world as well? Because I know it's been helping me in the dating world, girl. I'm, uh... <laughs> it has been helping me there. But how can you you take that same power and leverage it in the corporate world?
1: It's the exact same thing. It's, it's funny. I can't tell you how many times that I'm I'm using, you know, when my, the women in my program, they'll ask like, how do I build rapport in this interview? How do I walk in there? And they know, like, we want her on our team. And I'll ask them, I was like, well, when's the last time that you went on a date? Yeah. How did you start building rapport? It's the exact same concept, right? I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, every human on this planet just wants to feel relevant and they want to feel like someone's interested in it. bottom line. So when you're legitimately building relationships in the workplace, you do what you do when you're dating. Hey, how was it going to XYZ college? Right. How are the kids doing right in this? I just asking people about their life. That is the simplest thing and it's so underutilized. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's really a gift.
1: For those who know how to do it,
0: right, to embrace it, and that's why it's so important that we embrace our power. It really, really is because, man, we can really, we do rule the world. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. (laughs) Let's be honest. We influence. We have the power of influence, right, as women. So being able to understand that and embrace that, and not separate from ourselves, because I had to learn that I separated from myself so much in order to just quote unquote fit fit in, and that's what made me weak. That's where I lost my power. But once I came into who I am and embrace it, everywhere I go now, it's almost overwhelming if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming to see the the level of attraction that I get because of it, not only in the social space, but in the corporate space too. So I've, I've learned how to have that power without having the necessary, the sexual Aspect to it. So let's talk about that a little bit because that is a fine line to dance, right? Because h- how do we show up and still be magnetic, but not be over sexualized in that space when it comes to the corporate versus personal space?
1: Well, I would challenge where does this idea about being worried about being sexualized comes from?
0: Okay.
1: I mean, we all know as women in the workplace, right? Especially, you know, if you're an objectively attractive woman, this is crap that you deal with yeah. every single day. And you, when you show up that way, you're not going to change how you dress. You're not going to change how you talk. You're not going to change any of that, right? Because then you are changing who you are because of how someone else will react. Mm -hmm. And so when inevitably the Fred Flintstones of this world say something that they shouldn't be saying in that room, and you know, it takes time, but you call it out. You'd be like, I'm sorry. I'm not sure how this is relevant to this conversation. Or something that I used to do because it's just my M.O. and who I am. But I had this guy that I remember that a peer of mine and he always would say something to me like, oh, you look amazing in that dress. And I legitimately started telling him, I'm like, you know what? You should smile more. And I just would say like the same things back. And then he and then he realized. Right. And he wasn't even being malicious. Right. He was a very happily married man. He was from a different country. He's like, I was just trying to pay you a compliment. I'm like, no, that's extremely offensive. But that's how I opened up that in my own dark humor way, right? And very sarcastic and bold. But I, I think that m- so many women, that, especially when they're in their programs, they ask me, what should I wear to this interview? I'm like, whatever makes you feel like the powerful badass you are.
0: I love it. I love it. I'll sh- show up as you, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and, and I love that you said you, you can't be worried about how you look makes someone else feel.
1: No. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, and, and I understand there's very real repercussions. Don't get me wrong. I'm not naive enough to say that horrible things don't happen to women every single day. But what you can do is be unapologetic as you and show up as you and take that risk. And then when things do happen, stand up for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And not blame yourself. Oh,
1: man, that's I, I bet you and I, we could probably talk about that one alone for hours.
0: Nah, don't blame yourself. Yeah, that happens a lot. It happens a lot, Brittany. The self blame and the overanalyzing and the thinking was something I could have done better. It was something that I did to deserve that. Like, that still is there because that's still programming. How do we uh, purge that?
1: Yeah. I mean, thinking about that objectively, too, do you really believe that or has society told you to believe that? And then one thing that really helped me because I went through a whole lot of that throughout my life is I really took inventory about the people I had surrounding me, Mm -hmm. you know, my personal board of directors. And I asked myself, wait a minute, are these people that are on the same path as me or am I legitimately having people in my life that are causing me to have those doubts? That's probably one of the hardest things I've done in my personal and professional life. But for the first time in the, you know, almost 40 years on this planet, I had zero toxicity in my life, not one toxic person. And I cannot tell you the freedom and just joy of that. I had no clues how people were impacting me. And most of the time, it's not anything. It's other people telling you, you should have done better. You could have been better or you're not enough.
0: Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they do it so they can feel better. (laughs) let me put you down so they can lift themselves up
1: oh yeah yeah and think about how that and I you know I'm to a place now I can actually show up with some empathy for those folks that took a long time too but if you're really judging someone else like that how miserable do you think these people's lives are
0: it's sad it's sad
1: it's
0: sad I I, I love the part about your own personal board of directors I'm stealing that Brittany Please. please like I love it I love it I love it like And and I know we call it the the first five people around you that that are your inner circle, et cetera, but your own personal board of directors. Wow. Wow. And you know what's another running theme that I find that I usually say to people, too, is that I find it weird how people take their business more seriously and treat it with more respect than their own life, their own personal life, their life. it's, it's, It's
1: mind boggling. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lydia, you know that if you're not doing that in your personal life, it shows up in your business, especially those of us that like put yourself out there on a podcast, like your energy, like people can see it. They know a lot of times, no matter how you go in there and how you think you're faking your way through it, people can tell if there's something going on behind the scenes. And I don't think I understood the weight of that until I opened the business. Um, you know, on the days that I would have to show up on a a live collaboration or trying to make stupid TikToks, right? Because that's what you do as a coach and consultant now. And whenever I could just show up and had that, then it was just off the charts on how it impacted people. So what do you do when you don't have it?
0: Do you just not show up or do you just give yourself a moment, take a beat? Like when the energy is just not there, what do you do?
1: Well, I don't know about you. For a long time I beat myself up when that energy wasn't there. I thought, ooh, something's wrong with me. And I'm like, wait a second, what human on this planet can be on 24-7? Like there's certain days you can do a podcast interview, right? There's certain days that you can show up on social. There's certain days you can walk in and crush it, and there's other days that you can't. Uh that your body will force you to do that just like it did me in those corporate days when I had that breakdown. I was forcing myself to be on every single moment of every day. And that anytime I wasn't perfect, oh my God, that if you could read the thoughts I thought to myself, it was just horrible.
0: And that's where the self-destruction and the the oh the negative self-talk, Brittany. That negative self-talk will really take you out oh. every time. Every time. It'll take you out because it's it's that's you taking you that energy is going inward. And you don't need any help from anyone else. Because if you think about the power, we're talking about power here. If you think about the power you have when you can influence people as a person yourself, you influence others. Imagine how much more powerful, because power is power. Whether you use it on negative or the positive, it's it's power. So if you take that same level of power and influence and you turn it inward and it's
1: negative. Oh, my gosh. Oh, just irrevitable damage. Right. And and I think especially as women, we were told to do this all the time. Every time you open up social media, every time you turn on the news, right, you, you have everybody in your world telling you what you should be. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, why can't I be that person? Oh, yeah, because that's not who the hell I am. And that's OK. <laughs> <laughs>
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So how does someone get to work with you, Brittany? Like, where do they go? How do they sign up? How do they get to be? How do they get to claim their
1: power with you helping them do that? Absolutely. So what they can do is go to my website, claimyourpower.com, and then you'll have a way that you can apply to be a part of our program. So, so come in, see if we're a good fit. And the, you know, the crazy part that that we do here at Power Her, and I did this very intentionally. Um, and Lenny, I think you, you'll really enjoy this. <laughs> or get a kick out of it. Is being a service provider? I went in and I actually put a guarantee against what I do. And everyone told me I was insane. And I'm like, no, the whole point is I want so many, you know, the people in this program, if it doesn't work for someone, they literally don't pay. Mm -hmm. And the reason I wanted to do that, because everybody that, you know, in business world's like, okay, that's a great way to bankrupt your company. The beautiful part is I have not had one single person yet that couldn't say we gave her everything she needed to absolutely reach the top, claim her power and take control of her life. I'm trying to find the flaws and it's because I know I'm not perfect. I know that the program's not perfect and I'm trying to absolutely deliver the best possible way that I can to help these women, because what I'm doing is so much more than power and what all these women are doing, because until again, we have half that population sitting there, we are going to continue to struggle with everything that we're struggling with in this day and age as women. It's just mind boggling. And it's because we're not there making those decisions and we don't have the power.
0: Yeah, I mean, wow, wow, and I think the the reason your guarantee works is because what you're guaranteeing is not perfection. <laughs> you're, not, you're not you're not guaranteeing that it's going to be perfect. You're actually guaranteeing that you're gonna you're gonna find yourself. You're gonna show up for yourself, and that honestly comes back to that person to guarantee that to themselves. They have to be committed to themselves and promise themselves that they're going to show up. Because the only way this could fail is if they don't show up for themselves.
1: Yeah, just don't do the work, right? It's like any anything else you do in your life. You can hire all the personal trainers and nutritionists and, and Reiki healers in the world, but if you don't do it, then it's not going to work. And I know because of living this and do, trying to deviate from this formula as many times as I did, I know what doesn't work because I lived it. And that's what really makes the difference. And you know, you yourself, whenever you live something like that and you get to share it, it's pretty easy to do because you took those collective, you know, decades of work and said, don't learn from my mistakes. Please don't ever feel the way I did.
0: And whenever someone does that, I tell them, thank you for your service. Because again, when people share their story and first of all, when they go through the experience and then come back and share that story and tell it and be vulnerable in that space and a lot and, and tell it in a way where it's like, it's either a warning it's like, don't do this because I went through it. Be careful that it's, it's. I say thank you to, for your service because that's something that I didn't have to experience myself in order to understand. Like, I didn't have to fall into the pothole to know that there's a pothole
1: there, <laughs> you know? Oh, I love that. And I love that, Lydia, you're saying... And then myself, um, I don't know about you, but it's been hard to find people that are opening up and sharing that because we we want to portray that life's perfect. And we have what, you know, perfectly curated image on Instagram will tell you and be like, yeah, that's just not real. You're not seeing all this stuff behind me that it's being filtered out through noise apps and everything else.
0: Yeah. And the funny part is, I think people prefer I'm not that they prefer, but I think we've been so brainwashed and programmed to want to see that perfect thing. Like I could be in front of someone telling them my story, telling them who, 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 who I am. And they rather believe my Instagram. It's like, but I'm telling you. And it's like, no, but your Instagram. But I did that. That was, that's, I posted those. I, <laughs> so it was me. Hi, I posted them. <laughs> Um so I know who I am behind that. Like that's not all of me, that's part of me. But they really rather believe that so they'll believe they're either not good enough for you or they can't approach you or she's doing this and that and da-da-da. so when you show up they still don't want to believe you are who you say you are. Like literally say you are. Like it's it's bizarre.
1: Mm. Yeah, quite a few decades we have to unravel <laughs> that notion, right? <laughs>
0: Yes, 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 yes. So tell us about your podcast real quick um, so that we know how to tune into that and to learn more about the conversations you're having in this space. So what about your podcast?
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, for everybody's listening, right where you're you're catching Lydia, uh, you can download the PowHer her house. Um, and so we release an episode every single Monday. Would love to have you on there. and then send in your listener questions. Every single episode is from a listener question, which is the really cool part. Uh, cause I don't know about you when I started podcasting. I just did that because that's what you did. And it's ending up being like a one of my favorite things I do in the business because, of what I, how I get to share, you know, with, with everybody and then how I can bring value for them and make their day a little bit better.
0: Yes. yes. I love it because I get, I get to do the same thing too. I can talk to amazing people like you (laughs) and I get to get firsthand coaching, consulting and conversations because this is where it happens. This is where the magic happens is talking to people who have been there, done that sharing their heart, hearing their, you know, just hearing their story. It really is an amazing, amazing space to be in. I know they say it's a very thankless job or it's a lot. Podcasting is not easy. It's not, but it's so worth it.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> it's so worth it. So yeah. So Powerhouse, and you're able to hear that on Apple, Spotify, all those amazing t- um channels, you'll be able to download that. And you could go to her website which is ClaimYourPowerHer.com. That's P-O-W-H-E-R.com. And you'll be able to see all the tabs that will lead you down to the, not only to the podcast, but to the coaching, the consulting, and all these other amazing free re- resources that she has available to you, like free trainings and all this great stuff that is on the website. So please take advantage and go to com, And you should see the images on this. Oh my God, the photos, Brittany. Oh my
1: gosh. Her. <laughs> <laughs> i have a very good brand strategist and i'll tell you that
0: <laughs> awesome. it looks amazing it looks amazing i really see your power in the photos itself and that is it's really amazing and to be able to see like you said the energy you could see it you could hear it you could feel it even throughout your photography and everything so kudos to you for standing in your power
1: and landing in your power <laughs> oh <laughs> Lydia, thank you so much. Oh, I mean, just got so much out of this today. Such a pleasure. And just the energy that you give off and what you're putting out there has been so grateful to be a part of it.
0: Thank you so much. It's really an honor. I really do really love that I get to speak to people like you who are doing amazing things that I typically wouldn't have had a chance to be in the room with. So to be able to do that virtually and be able to talk to all of people all around the world and be able to connect with you on this level is really, really a blessing. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and connecting with me and letting me see and witness your power. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. Oh.
0: Of course, of course. Again, you can find Brittany at claimyourpower.com where you can learn more about the amazing things she's doing to help those around to be able to claim their power and change the lives around them as well. And until next time, stay tuned on Leaders on the Rise, Road to a Million and Beyond. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Leaders on the Rise, season two. Road to a Million and Beyond. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you found it helpful. If you did, please leave a rating and review on Spotify or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. We have some amazing guests lined up and I can't wait to share their stories with you. Until next time, keep rising.